This morning we're continuing a series we started last week. We started a series last week called Winning the War in Your Mind. And last week we talked about demolishing strongholds. And today uh, we're, we're going to continue that series. We're going to talk about Take Back Your Mind. Uh, and, uh, you know, I want to start with one of the most important scriptures from God's Word on this subject. The Apostle Paul said in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't think like this world thinks. Don't, don't act like the world acts. Don't, don't behave like the world behaves. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, be renewed, be changed. And, and how, are, how are we going to be transformed? Let's say it aloud. By the renewing of our mind. Say it again with me. By the renewing of our mind. So would you bow your head together with me and let's pray and ask for the Lord's help on today's, uh, with today's message. Lord, we come to you. And, and uh, Lord, I, I confess my weakness. I, I am not enough. I'm not enough for this moment. But God, I know that you're more than enough. And I pray that you would speak to us, that you would anoint every word, that you would make it come alive in our spirits. And God, that we begin to realize uh, the, the power in being transformed, the power of renewing our minds, Lord God. And I pray that you'd help us to do that. And, and, and we believe you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but in my lifetime, I have made some really, really dumb and irrational decisions. Can anybody relate with me? On that, you know, I, I mean, for some stupid reason in that moment, my brain misfired and I, and I ended up self-destructing in a very, very stupid moment and a very, very stupid decision. Can I get an amen? Anybody here with me on this so far? You know, for example, there have been times in my life, in my marriage that, you know, I mean, listen, I want to love and cherish my wife. And there have been those moments where for whatever reason, my brain misfired and I've said things that hurt her when that was the very last thing that I wanted to do. Does that ever happen to anybody? Anybody relate what I'm talking about? Or maybe, it's, maybe you want to save money and you want to get a hold of your finances and get things in order there. But instead, you keep going shopping. Or, you know, you, or you, you keep falling into the, the pit of impulse buying. We have any impulse buyers here? You know what I'm talking about? Some of, some of you are raising your hand and others are pointing fingers. I don't know if this is a healthy moment or not. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's that moment where it's like, like uh, QVC, what? Oh, no, you know, or whatever, or Amazon or whatever it is. Or, or maybe it's not that. Maybe you want to trust God with something, but instead you find yourself worrying and worrying and worrying and worrying over something. And it, it makes me wonder sometimes, why is it that we want one thing and then we do something completely different. Why do we behave so irrationally? I want to try to answer that question today with a story that might give you a visual of why our minds often make very irrational decisions. I, I heard a story about a guy. This is a true story. I heard him tell it. He, 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 when he was 17 years old, he had a car that was not particularly a cool car, which I can totally relate. You know, uh, when I was in high school, I had a 62 Ford Country Squire station wagon. You know... <laughs> That's not one you cruise the strip with. Can I just tell you that? It was the most fun car I ever had. But, you know, you don't pull up in the, in the drive, in a parking lot somewhere and have somebody say, man, where'd you get that? You know, nobody, nobody's like, hey, can I have a ride? Nothing like that. So I can totally relate with him. But, but he, couldn't, he, he decided he needed to up his game a little bit. So he bought 
A high-end, back in those days, was an Alpine stereo system. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and somebody said, nope. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he bought this. He spent all of his money on it, so he couldn't afford to have it professionally installed. So he decided he was going to install the stereo by himself, which, as it turned out, was a mistake. He didn't know what to do. And it took him all day long to do it. Now, it shouldn't take you all day long to install a stereo in a vehicle, but it was well into the evening, and eventually he said he, he actually had to turn on the lights of his car just to see what he was doing. And after this long, long day of, of installing the stereo, he finally turned it on and it started to play, and he was so excited about it. The next day was a school day. He couldn't wait to get into his car and, and, and drive into the school, you know, and he was going to be cranking REO speed, Speedwagon or, or, you know, or Journey or something like that, you know, back in the day. And he was going to be cool. He was going to at least sound good if he didn't look good. But he got in his car and he started to drive to school, and the stereo was not working. And he was just devastated after all that work. Oddly enough, the next evening while he was driving home uh, after work, his stereo magically worked again. And he was so confused. And the next day, it didn't, it, 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 the next day it didn't work. And the next evening it did work. And it just went on day after day after day after day. He was, he was so confused. Now some of you that are, that are mechanically minded have already figured out what the problem was. Why was it that it was behaving so irrationally? It's because he got his wires crossed and he mistakenly wired his high-end stereo to the power of the headlights. <laughs> Therefore, when the headlights were on, his stereo would work. When the headlights were off, his stereo didn't work. For the, for the remainder of the time he owned that vehicle, he drove around. He didn't fix it. He just drove around with his headlights on all the time, no matter what, enjoying his music. Why is it that we behave so irrationally so often? The reason is, in our minds, we often have our wires crossed. If you were with us last week, we talked about the neural pathways in our brains. Every time you think a thought, you're creating a new pattern of thought or a new pathway of thought, like, almost like a mental tra trail in your mind. And your experiences and your thoughts are wiring or programming your brain. And it starts very, very young. Every, every parent here knows this is true. If, if a little baby smiles, and then all of a sudden the mom sees the baby smiling, and the mom smiles back, and is all down in her face and playing with the baby. Oh, look at the little baby. And, and then all of a sudden the baby, the baby's brain creates this little pathway that says, smiling is good. Smiling gets me mommy's attention. Then the baby touches a hot stove, and the baby feels pain. And the baby's brain creates a pathway that says, hot stove is bad. Don't like hot stove. Because babies don't have proper grammar, I guess. I don't know why I'm saying it that way. <laughs> it's just weird. So if the, if the baby wants a sucker, and he says, I want a sucker. And mommy says no. And then the baby starts to cry. And then that mommy gives in and gives the baby a sucker. And the baby's brain suddenly has been rewired to say, crying gets me a sucker. And that's why a lot of moms here, you're the sucker because you gave in. You know what I'm saying? Here, here's what happened. When we, when we think a thought, our brain is creating new neural pathways. And the more we think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought again. The more we think a thought, the more dominant that thought becomes which, by the way, is really, really good news 
when we're thinking on the truth. However, it's incredibly bad news when so many of us are believing the lie. Why do we behave so irrationally? Many times we have the wires in our minds crossed and we're thinking about and believing the lie instead of thinking about and believing the truth. So let's review some thoughts from, the, from the last week. What do we know about our mind? Well, one is our mind is a battlefield. And most of, of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. We, we looked at last week at the powerful scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I love this passage of scripture. The apostle Paul said this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What is a stronghold? It's, it's for, it's, we're talking about a wrong pattern of thinking. It's a place where the wires in our brains have been crossed, where the lie has taken root, and it's got a stronghold built up inside of our mind. He says, therefore, in verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension, every wrongly crossed wire that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Why does every thought matter? Every thought matters because, as we said last week, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What you think about is what you tend to become. What you think about is where you tend to go. Whatever we think about tends to come out in our lives. What we dwell on in our minds tends to come out. That's why Scripture says this all over the place. It says things like, that, that, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what we have been dwelling on is what tends to come out, in our, uh, out of our mouths. We, you cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind, when the wires have crossed. And, and trust me, I'm not talking about a, a, a positive confession or a, you know, the power of positive thinking. I'm not talking about that. But, but here's what I am saying is if you don't control what you think, you'll never be able to control what you do. Because what we do comes from what we think, what we dwell on. So today we're going to continue creating some tools. And in the upcoming weeks, we're going to build upon these tools. What I, I want to talk to you about this. I want to talk about how do you train your mind? How do you train your mind? I'm guessing a lot of you probably haven't ever thought about training your mind. Maybe, maybe you thought about training your dog and you thought, well, that didn't go so well. So I'm not going to mess with trying to train my mind. Or, or maybe... Maybe there have been times in your life you thought about training your body. You know, maybe uh, you're in the military and you had to do personal training and that sort of thing. But uh, uh, and, and there was a time, believe it or not, when I was in really good physical shape. Uh, I'm now in shape, but it happens to be round. But that's a different story. But, uh, but uh, thinking of your body, you may have thought about training your body. Thinking of training your body actually provides for us a pretty good picture, a pretty good jumping off point into training your mind. Because for example, I thought there was years ago when I started working out, there was a time when I was, I was determined, I, I determined I was going to get in shape. I was going to lose some weight. And I started working out. I was lifting weights and I was running on the treadmill and I was doing all this stuff and I was working hard. And, and, and you know what it's like, you run, you jump, you lift weights. And, 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 and I thought it all, what mattered was what you did with your body. However, while I was doing all those things, nothing was changing, really. I mean, I was getting, maybe the cardiovascular system was in a little better shape. Maybe I was feeling better, but 
I wasn't reaching my goal. I wasn't losing any weight. Because when I was doing those things, I was still eating everything I wanted. And everything of all that I wanted. You know what I'm saying? And I discovered that physical training isn't just about what you do with your body. It's also about what you put into your body. And, 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 and that's a really good illustration of the mind. Now, don't, don't, relax, don't worry. I'm not, I'm not trying to get you started with your physical training or anything like that. I'm gonna, I want you to start training your mind because it's, when you talk about training your mind, it's not just what we've been thinking about. It's not just what we've been doing with our mind. It's also what we put out, put into our mind. And that can either train our mind to continue believing the lies, or we can train our minds with the truth. It's not just what you do with your mind, it's also what you put into it. I, I want to show you the Apostle Paul, whom I love, because you, you, you can see the progression of his life in ministry as, as he started to renew his mind through the Word. In fact, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 8. And, and, uh, and to give you the context, when Paul wrote this, the Apostle Paul was writing this as a Roman prisoner. He's in Rome. He's a prisoner. He was locked up under house arrest. It was not an ideal situation. Maybe it was better than being in a dungeon somewhere, but it was, it was in fact a very terrifying place to be because he was awaiting potential execution. He could be killed if he's found guilty in this moment. So this is, that's the, the kind of worst case scenario. And here's what he said in this situation. He said, and now... Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. And let me tell you what he didn't say. He didn't say, God let me down. He didn't say, I can't go on with life. He didn't say, things just can't get any worse than they are right now. No, he said, as a Roman prisoner facing potentially, potential execution, he said, fix your thoughts. Somebody say, fix your thoughts. If you're watching on the live stream, type it in the chat. Uh, the chat. Fix your thoughts. He said, to fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think of admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I like the way the New King James Version translates the last part of the verse. It says, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. We meditate on God's truth. Somebody says, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. It isn't meditation, some kind of spooky new age thing. Like you, you become one with the universe and you cross your legs and you chant a mantra over and over again. Isn't that one meditation? Well, uh, some people, yes, it can be meditation, can be like that. But I want to give you another definition, a basic definition of, of meditation. And I want to show you just how scriptural and healthy the right kind of meditation can be. What is a definition of meditation? A, med a simple definition is this. To meditate is to engage in mental exercise. It is to focus one's thoughts. To meditate is to focus one's thoughts. It's just to focus. And if you look at Scripture, there are many, many examples of godly people meditating on the things that are true, that are lovely, that are admirable, that are excellent, meditating on the power of God's Word. Psalm 119, 15 says this. I meditate on your precepts and, precepts and consider your ways. In other words, I'm focusing my mind, God, on your truth. I'm training my mind to see your truth. Psalm 143, 5 says, I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. 
And oftentimes in Eastern meditation, you, you, you empty your mind and you try to focus on nothing and get into a state of calmness. However, that is not what Christian biblical meditation is about. It's not emptying your mind. Christian meditation is filling your mind with the truth. Filling your mind with the truth. It's fixing your mind on God and on the things of God. You know, one of the highest priorities in my own personal spiritual development is learning to focus my mind on the things of God because focus is a skill. You know, uh, it, when, when things are going bad, when, when circumstances aren't ideal, I, ideal in my life, if you're like me, in that moment, what you, my, your mind wants to do is focus on the problem. Anybody here with me? And, and, to, and to meditate on His Word means that I'm training myself to make a choice to say I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to focus on His Word. I'm going to focus on the problem solver. I'm not going to let the problem take over my mind and take over my life. In fact, to quote the great theologian Jackie Chan, he said in the remake of The Karate Kid, which I'm sorry just does not live up to Mr. Miyagi and Ralph Macchio and Cobra Kai, you know, you know, no mercy, sweep the leg, you know, that's... For some of you who are like, I don't know what you're talking about, you need to, you need to get some culture and watch Karate Kid. That's all I can say. Uh, anyway, Jackie, Jackie Chan has said in the remake, he said, your focus needs what? Anybody know? He said, your focus needs more focus. And some of, for some of you, your focus needs more focus. Your mind needs to uncross the wires that have been programmed to believe, that something, believe something that is not true. You need to focus on what is true. You need to fix your minds on the things of God because when our minds drift, and, and I don't know about you, but my mind drifts very quickly. Some of you have seen it like in my sermons. You're like, yeah, it does, Pastor Dave. Sometimes you're like over here and all of a sudden you're like, how do we get here? And I don't know. It's kind of like I'm about ready to do right now. But, um, but, but my, I don't know about you, but, but, but when our minds drift, my mind generally doesn't drift to that which is true. When my mind drifts, it generally, generally drifts to my own insecurities, to my own fears. It drifts all the time to the worst case scenario. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, anybody been on WebMD? <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Because <laughs> you you're like, you, got, you get a you know, pain in your, in your side and you go on WebMD and then your next thing you know, you're going talking to your spouse saying, I think I've got three days to live. You know, it's like your just mind just goes to the worst case scenario and you begin to, to the, the, your mind begins to drift to the lies that the devil has been telling you about yourself for years, saying you're never going to be good enough. You're, you're incapable. You should be ashamed after what you did. How could God ever use anybody like you? And what we, what we need to do, what we want to do is to learn to meditate on truth to focus and to train our minds on God's truth. Now here, that's part of the problem for a lot of us is we're not in the Word of God enough to even know what the truth is. So you better get in the Word if you want to start to retrain your mind. But we're going to get into that in a moment. What, what I'm going to do, honestly, is, is give you an exercise that's really not easy. And, and we started it last week. It, but here's the truth. If you've been believing a lie for 10 years or 15 years or 30 years, Sometimes it takes a little, little while to deprogram that lie and to replace it with the truth, to be renewed with the truth. 
And I'm going to give you an exercise that honestly I believe can be a game changer in focusing what is true. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. If you're on the live stream in the chat, say, I'm ready. Okay, everybody, are you ready? Okay, yeah, you're with me today. This is awesome. All right, two questions. The first one, these are from last week, you'll remember. First one is this. What stronghold is holding you back? What would you say is the top wrong mindset, wrong thought process, wrong idea? The, what lie is holding you hostage? Identify where you have the wires crossed in your mind. For, for some of you that could just be a lie, like... Like maybe you grew up in a household that struggled with finances and you think that you're just not any good with this. So you believe, man, we are just never going to be out of debt. Or, or you might have the wires crossed and say, you know, I've tried for three years and I just can't overcome this addiction. I'm just, I'm never going to be able to overcome this addiction. Or, or you might be thinking to yourself, I'll never be healthy. I mean, my people and my family are not healthy at all. We're just never going to be healthy. Or you might say, I've just tried to get so close to God and, and I've been, you know, close to God for like five minutes in my life and then my mind drifted and I'm just never really going to get, be able to get close to God. Or, or you say, I've worked so hard to get ahead. And, and, but I'm never, I'm just not getting anywhere. I'm never going to have a meaningful job. I'm always going to be doing something stupid or something that seems beneath me. Or, or maybe you say, man, I'm never going to get married. Or I'm never going to have a godly spouse. I'm never going to have a blessed marriage. What is the dominant stronghold where your mental wires are crossed, where the devil has trained you to believe something that is not true about yourself? Now, that's a problem. It's going to be hard for some of us because some of us, don't know that it's a lie that we're believing. And that's hard to, it's going to, it's going to take some time to be honest with yourself. But the second part is to answer this question. Understanding that, then what is the spiritual truth from God that demolishes that stronghold? That's what he said in 2 Corinthians 10. We demolish strongholds. How do we do that? With the truth. You demolish a lie with the truth. What is the spiritual truth from the word of God that demolishes, that obliterates that stronghold? And then you let his word renew your mind. I want you to, to write out some truth, some very, something very specific, whether whatever it is that demolishes that stronghold in your life. And don't, don't just write a sentence, but, uh, uh, you know, glibly, but, but think about it, meditate on it. Let it be born out of God's word. Search his word. Whatever it is that you're struggling with, search his word and find the truth in the word of God. Then write it out. Whatever you're going to do, uh, whatever it is, you, you're going you're to uh, focus your mind by using, writing the statement about the truth of God. You're going to write it. You're going to type it, whatever you need to do. And then you're going to start thinking about it. The reason you write it is because then you not only have you done that with that sense, but you can, you can put that, you can put it on a card and you can put it on your mirror. You can put it on, on your refrigerator, whichever one you look at more. <laughs> for, for me, it's the refrigerator. Uh, you can, you can put, put it on your desk at work. You can, you can put it somewhere and you start thinking about it. And then I'm going to encourage you to confess it until God starts to renew your mind with the truth. I would say it to you like this. Write it, think it, and confess it until you believe it. Now, I'm not talking about claiming things out there. I'm talking about knowing what the truth says, looking at the truth and saying, I'm going to write the truth. I'm going to think about the truth. I'm going to confess that truth of God 
until my heart believes what is, what's there. We're going to write it, think it, and confess it until we believe it. It may take some time, but we're going to write it, think it, and confess it until we believe it. And by doing that, we're creating new neural pathways, and God is renewing our mind with the truth. Now, let me give you some examples of what yours might look, look like. I'll give you several. You might be struggling to know God's will in your life. So you're going to create a statement that might be something like this. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek Him and daily He directs my steps. I know His voice and He leads me to His perfect will. And you're going to write that down. You're going to think about it. And you're going to say it over and over and over again until you believe it. Over and over and over again, you're going to say, my life belongs to God. Daily I seek Him. Daily He directs my path. I know His voice and He leads me to His perfect will. You, you may be lacking confidence. You feel insecure. You, you feel inadequate. You feel like you're just not enough. Your statement might be something like this. My confidence is in Christ and in Christ alone, not in myself, not in my own abilities, because His Spirit lives within me. I can do everything He calls me to do. When you begin to say it out loud over and over again, you begin to renew your mind with the truth of God's Word. You're going to write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. You, you might be, ha, uh, have a struggle with fighting lustful thoughts and you're just sick and tired of being held hostage to images and shameful ideas. And you're going to let God's re God renew your mind. You're going to say this over and over again. I am not a slave to lustful thoughts because God has purified my mind and God has set me free. I will honor him with my eyes and I will honor him with my thoughts. My God is faithful and even when I am tempted, he will always give me a way out. You're going to write it. You're going to think it. You're going to confess it until you believe it. Or maybe, maybe you find comfort in food. I, I do a lot of times in my life. And you, know, and, and you say, man, I just don't want to do that anymore. And you're just going to declare, when I'm stressed, I turn to God, not food. I come to Jesus because He is what I need. In Him, I find strength and comfort. Maybe you find yourself battling worry all the time. You're just consumed with worry. We have any worry warts in here? I know uh, in certain areas of my life, that's the way I am. And, and so uh, uh, what am I going to do? I'm going I'm to write it and think it and confess it until I believe it. What is it that I'm going to do? I'm going to say, because of Christ, I am not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because my God cares for me. And I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling in my mind. What are you going to do? Identify it. What is the stronghold? Where are the wires crossed? Where is the, what is the spiritual truth that will set you free? And then you're going to write it, think it, and confess it until you believe it. And you're creating those new neural pathways according to the truth. And in the process, God is renewing your mind with the Word of God. If you wouldn't mind, uh, I want you just to stand. We're going to, we're going to close here in a moment. And, and, uh, and we're going to close out with singing a worship song. In fact, I would like to sing that new song. I know you don't know it very well, but the words of that song match so well what I'm talking about today. Uh, we're, but we're going to close with that. But I want to show you how this plays out in my life. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about some of the places where I've had my wires crossed for years. As a child, for, for, for some reason, I always battled with thoughts of inadequacy and inferiority 
meaning, uh, meaning no matter what I did, no matter what I do, I, I have never felt like I was enough. And I, I've always felt like I'm just letting people down all the time. And it just haunts me now because as, as a pastor, I can, I can never get it all done. I'm always letting somebody down. When I try to uh, be, do, be my very, very best at the church, then guess what? Then I, I feel like I'm at inadequate as a husband or as a dad. And, and the moment I try to refocus my mind on being a husband and a dad, then I begin feeling more inad- at, inadequate at the church. And it's a stronghold that holds me back and fills me with ongoing guilt and even shame at times. And, and you know what? Not, not only that, I hate to say this, but I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes, sometimes I tend to care more about what people think than even what God thinks. Anybody relate with me? I don't like to admit that, but because, you know, when I'm preaching and empowered by God, I can be really, really bold. But then I can go home from a service after preaching a message and just have this overwhelming sense of insecurity and wondering what people think about. There are times when I just feel incredibly discouraged, thinking, I don't think I'm very good at what, what you called me to do, God. I battle with deep feelings of inadequacy. I want to share with you a series of declarations that are meaningful for me, that God is, has used and is using to renew my mind, to rewire my mind. And I think maybe some of them uh, will address many of the strongholds in your life. This is the truth. This is the truth. This is from the Word of God. This is what God is using to renew my mind. This is what I need to uncross the, the wires and live according to His truth. And, and I actually, if any of these are helpful, I've, I've got these printed out. I want you to be able to take a copy home because maybe they'll be helpful to you. It says, I declare that I'm a new creature in Christ, forgiven and free of shame and condemnation, washed by his powerful blood. I declare that I live by faith, not by sight or by feelings, and my faith is rooted in the eternal word of God. I declare that I refuse to receive a spirit of fear today because I am given by God a spirit of power, love, and self-control. I declare that I can do all things today through Christ as He gives me strength. His strength is made perfect in my weaknesses and whatever I face today, He will give me the strength to match it and to overcome it. I declare that I am fearfully and wonderfully made by God. I am his workmanship, his masterpiece. Therefore, I will praise him at all times and I will not walk in insecurity. As I am obedient in the areas of tithing and giving, God will supply all my needs. He will give me power to gain wealth and add no trouble to it, will increase my store of seed and will cause me to live in crazy favor. I am blessed to be a blessing. I will sow and reap generously on every occasion, will live to to give cheerfully, and will learn to steward well God's blessings in my life. I declare that I have everything I need today concerning life and godliness. Therefore, I will live a pure life, striving for the holiness of God, casting down vain imaginations, taking disobedient thoughts captive, walking in my identity. I declare that my home is built on Christ and will stand when the storms hit. My children are blessed and protected, and as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I declare today I will increase in favor with God and man, in compassion for others, in anointing and godly influence, in wisdom and in faith. Write it. Think it. Confess it. Until you believe it. And why does this matter? Because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. If you don't control what you think, 
You'll never control what you do. Take back your mind. Take back your mind. Meditate on truth. Fix your mind on what is true and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Meditate on such things. Focus your mind on the truth. What are you going to do? Identify whatever mental stronghold is in your life, wherever you have your wires crossed, and you're going to identify the truth that completely sets you free. Write it. Think it. Confess it and believe it. Write it. Think it. Confess it and believe it. As followers of Jesus, what will we not do? We will not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but we will be transformed. How? Listen, not by trying harder, not by being smarter, not by more personal effort, but by the renewing of our minds. What's the greatest power to overcome the lies? It's the truth, the truth of Jesus. And he said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Bow your head. Father, we, we, we pray right now and ask that by the power of the risen Christ and by the truth of your inspired word that you would renew our minds with truth. With your heads bowed and eyes closed and those who would say, I want God to renew my mind. I want him to uncross the wires in, in some area of my life. Re renew it with truth. Would you, if that's you, would you just lift your hand up right now, right where you are? This, their hands all over the place. If you're watching the live stream, you can, you can type it in the chat while you're watching the live stream. Say, God, renew my mind. Just type that in. And, and, and as your hands are lifted, you're in an attitude of prayer. Let me pray for you. Father, I just pray that you would give us clarity to see whatever lie we've wrongly believed. God, I know that, that, that for some of us that's very hard to identify the lie because we don't even know it's a lie. But God, help us to identify that lie. And then God, give us scripture. Give us your truth. And Lord, I pray that that, 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 that declaration of your word would renew our mind with your truth. God, I know that this may take weeks or months or even years for some to renew their minds, but God, we believe that for some, this will be a breakthrough moment. God, renew our minds with truth that we can live according to your perfect will and show your love in all that we do. God, we thank you in advance that the devil is defeated and that you have risen from the dead and that you're going to renew our minds with the truth of God's word. Now, before we worship, you can look right up here. What I want to do before we close with singing this worship song, I want to make some declarations over you. Would you let me do that? Are you ready for some truth? Anybody here ready for some truth? Here's what I want to say to you. If you're ready, first of all, say I'm ready. I'm not sure I believe you. Are you ready? Okay, I believe you. For those of you who are in Christ, you are strong and mighty. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are. He says you are forgiven. He says you are redeemed. He says you are free. You are not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons that, that you fight with are not the weapons of the world, but they have the power to demolish strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the word of God directing your steps. Listen to me. Worry is not your master. I'm going to say it again. Worry is not your master. 
You are trusting God. His peace guards your heart. His peace guards your mind. His peace guards your soul in Christ Jesus. Your God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a, uh, and a sound mind. The Lord is your helper, and you will not be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to your past. You have been rescued out of the power of darkness and, in, and brought into the kingdom of God's light. You are blessed abundantly. God will uh, bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, you have everything you need to do everything that God has called you to do. And listen to me, nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. Not no death, no, no, no demon, no, not the present nor the past, no power on earth can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. This is the truth and will set you free. This is the truth that needs to rule our lives. This is the truth that we need to think about. Don't, when those lie comes, when the enemy says, oh, you're nothing, oh, nobody likes you, oh, you're this, oh, you're that, and those lies begin to come, you need to know the truth, and you need to attack that, you need to demolish that lie, that stronghold, and say, no, this is what God says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, I will not walk in insecurity. And when, when the worry begins to come, you begin to say, no, I serve a God of peace, I cast my cares on Him, my problems are not mine, they are His. I belong to him. I will walk in peace in Jesus' name. You know the truth. Let the truth reign and rule in your minds. Amen? Why does it matter? Because most of life's battles, they're won or lost in the mind. But the good news is, the battle rages on, but he has won the war. The battle rages on, but he has won the war.